0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Good morning, my friends. The opening music was by Savé Vocal Group from the CD Native Angels by Savé. This is really a great, has many spiritual songs, Native American instruments mixed in with Gregorian chants, and it's very unusual. If you'd like to order a copy, contact Savé S A V A E dot org, or you can reach them on Facebook. And I did find some CDs on Amazon. And you can also listen to it on YouTube, of course. Uh, let's see, I'm your host, uh, Rev. Shara McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to mm-hmm. Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to provide an open-minded platform that focuses on attendance. the attendance. Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, personally, and all Bible readings will be out of Ryrie Bible Study, and you may use any Bible you wish, of course, and I've had... Many spiritual experiences and in gratitude, I decided to have a little Bible service in the mornings, and we will have an ongoing Bible study and discussion about our spiritual experiences. I'm just focused on being my real self and having everybody relax and just carry the message given me and just read the Bible, simple as that. And the call-in number, if you have any special prayer requests, 619-924-9744. And a Sacred Sunday, there is Sunday, 11 a.m. Civic Standard Time. We all pray for the Christians being persecuted worldwide and their freedom to worship and lives are in jeopardy in many countries. We also pray for all those suffering from violence here and at home and abroad, and we pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes and freedom from addiction of all kinds, and we pray that people get healthy and whole and people that are sick and lonely and everything else want them to realize they're never alone. And please, God, send your Archangel Michael to fight against the evil and protect all your loved ones and all your angels to watch over everybody. Our prayers also go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers, and those policymakers worldwide they have many decisions to make and are praying. for. We are praying for countries ourselves and everybody all over the whole world. And we want to thank you, God. Amen. And we just ask Jesus to bless us and help us to grow under his care. And everyone in their families are in our prayers. Thank you so much. Amen. And happy birthday to everybody who has a birthday today, including Yvonne Smith, Lou Mastriano, Mary Berryman, Gary David, Betty Jo Bunker, and Pam Raglan. I wish you a very, very happy and blessed day and very prosperous year ahead. And if you want to celebrate your birthdays or have a special announcement, just let me know. Because you know, you can Facebook me. And anyway, uh, if you don't have a Bible handy, you can also go to www.biblegateway.com. Also, www.biblia.com. So last week, we were discussing and reading of the Bible, Chapter 11. In Acts, Peter was explaining his actions about eating all things that were um, they weren't originally allowed to eat, but now all things are holy, and God said it was okay. And that made the made way, actually, for the Gentiles to be Christians. And the, the other fact that was uh, happening in Chapter 11 was that the Gentiles had received the Holy Spirit even before being baptized by water. So, uh, you know, our Savior is all-encompassing, and he's not excluding anybody if they have a dear desire to follow him. And then uh, today we're reading chapter 12. and I have a little summary here is that around this time, King Herod decides to stir up a little trouble for the Christians. And then uh, he has one of the disciples, poor James, beheaded. And he arrests Peter and all the followers of Jesus are praying for Peter while he's in prison. And so that's where the story is opening. And so everybody turn to Acts chapter 12 in your Bible Now Acts chapter 12 Now about that time Herod the king laid hands on some who had belonged to the church in order to mistreat them and he had James the brother of John put to death with a sword and then when he saw that it pleased the Jews he proceeded to arrest Peter also Now it was during the days of the unleavened bread he had seized him. He put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, and sending after the pastor to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly and his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he decided he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow, and he did not know that what was going to be done to by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. And then they passed the first and second guard. They came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Peter came to himself. He said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. And and she recognized Peter's voice because of her joy she did not open the gate, but ran and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. They said to her, You are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. They kept saying, Is it his angel? But Peter continued to knocking, and when they had opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of prison. And he said, Report these things to James and the brethren. He left and went to another place. Now when that day came where there was no small disturbance among the soldiers that you what could have happened to of Peter, when Herod had searched for him and found nothing and not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led, be led away to execution. Gosh, he also killed his own guards. Then he went down from Judea to Syria where his, and was spending time there. Now, the death of Pharaoh. 20. Now he was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and with one accord they came to him, and having won over Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they were asking for peace, because their country was fed by the king's country. On an appointed day, Heroes having put on his royal apparel, took his seat at the rostrum and began delivering an address to them. The people kept crying out, the, vo- the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and died. It's called now the dissemination of the word. It's 24. But the word of the Lord... Continue to grow and to be multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark. So that reads chapter twelve, and we're going to read the notes now, and then I have to, I have another summary I'm going to read too. So Herod, Herod Agrippa I, the grandson of the Herod the Great who ruled the, during the birth of Jesus, on the surface was a zealous practitioner of Jewish rights and a religious patriot. James was the first of the twelve to be martyred. Four sold, Now, the, remember the four quads, four soldiers for each six-hour shift. Two were evidently chained to Peter, and two stood guard. Passover is when they were during the Passover. Peter was sleeping. He had a Christ promise that he would live to an old age. Okay, rescue me. God's ways are inscrutable. Peter was delivered, but James was killed in the house of Mary. Traditionally, it was here that the Last Supper was held, and here now was the nerve center of the Church of Jerusalem. And this is now where at 1215, his angel. For other guardian angels in Scripture, they, they give you a list of Scripture to read. And then Tyre and Sidon had to import grain from the fields of Galilee, which was produced in lodging the supplies. And Josephus states, now we're reading 23, that Herod was struck down while delivering his oration and after five days of suffering he died and uh, then on 12 25 on Mark Introduction to Mark under authorship. Anyway uh, that's uh, for this week and you have to excuse me a little bit this morning. I'm, I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, okay so let's do the summary. So So Peter was thinking he was having a vision, so an angel leads him outside of the gates and he knows it's for real, and then um, he rushes over to Mary's house and he knocks on the door and his maid Rhoda answers and recognizes Peter right away. And the funny part of that was that she was so excited she forgets to let him in and just runs and tells everybody. Anyway, uh, they all thought she was nuts and that Peter was dead and she was seeing his angel, but eventually, of course, they saw Peter was out of prison. And so the next morning, the soldiers in Herod were pretty confused about what happened to the prisoner, and they, and they had chained him up and they were watching over him. But still, Herod, being the person he was, questions the guards and then he even kills his own guards. Then later, Herod is sitting in front of the subjects and they start chanting about how he is a god, not just a mere man. And now this is the point where Josephus, the ancient writer, um, he was talking about a lot of things that were going on in the cities back then, and that's where we get a lot of our information. Anyway, he said that now that God's turned to be angry, because Herod wasn't giving him his uh, proper respect, an angel God strikes him down, and then Herod is uh, eaten by the worms and dies. It's horrible, but uh, he was struck down for the things that he did. And even though Herod, King Herod was dead, the church lives on and gains even more new members. And then, meanwhile, Barnabas and Saul head back to Jerusalem with their new friend, John Mark. So that's it for this study and uh, chapter 12. I had picked a little story out of my little, you know, guidepost. And um, it's called "Shoot for the Moon. It's actually by Norman Vincent Peale. And this is Pauling, New York. Three weeks before his 92nd birthday, one of the most famous alumni of Ohio Wesleyan University delivered the commencement address in class of 1992. His advice to the graduates is an inspiring challenge to young and old alike, and here it is. As I look over this great assembly, I've decided that you folks are a better audience than I spoke with the other night. On that occasion, I was a speaker at the annual dinner of the Missouri State Association of Funeral Directors and Embalmers. This exciting gathering was held in Kansas City. When I arrived, I went to a little room off the main ballroom where the head table was gathering. They were leading the undertakers of the state. They all were clad in tuxedos, and everyone had in his lapel a white carnation. I was also in a tuxedo. I only remained to affix the white carnation on my label, my lapel. Excuse me. A lady undertaker was assigned to do this job, and she was very charming and quite diminutive and had some difficulty from extending a standing position in affixing the flower. She fumbled around and finally in exasperation said, You know, Dr. Peel... I could do a much better job of this if you were laying down. The commencement speaker must be brief, so I'm going to be. My role model is the late Prime Minister of Great Britain, Winston Churchill. He was he was prevailed upon by the headmaster of his old school, Harrow, to give a commencement speech. The boys were told this would be an event they would long remember because Churchill was one of the finest and greatest or, or, orators in all times. They were to be prepared to take notes and listen attentively. Churchill rose, went to the podium, let a silent fall, and said, Never, never, never give up. Then he sat down. When asked, Why did you do it that way, Churchill said, As I sat looking at this class and realized how much more than them were, were, what they were going to go through, I wanted to prepare them for the discouragement they might feel in years to come. Now, I'm not Churchill, but I'm going to emulate him by saying just two things to you today. Considering the world that you're soon to enter, I want you to remember that on your graduation day, the speaker said, Always be a thinker. You can think your way through anything and come out victorious. If you don't yield to emotion, you but be, are, excuse me, be a creative thinker. This thinking is important. Buddha, a, a great scholar of antiquity, said, Mind is everything. What you think, you become. Aurelius Marcus, the Roman emperor, said, Our life is what our thoughts make it. So think, think, think your way through life. Thomas A. Edison, the inventor, was a great thinker. I never met him, but I knew his son, Charles, Governor of New Jersey. Charles idolized his father. He once told me, Norman, Dad often said, the primary purpose of the human body is to carry the brain around. That means the thing about you that is sovereign is your thinking mind. Remember that. Do everything in your power to enhance the creative ability of your mind. My second point, one that I hope you will never forget, be a believer, believe in the destiny of your country, the United States of America, and believe in its economic system even when it's in trouble. You are looking at a man who lived through the Depression, which lasted five years. During that time, I heard a distinguished economist predict America will never have prosperity again. My belief was so severely tested by that remark, but my positive attitude was right because we had soon moved to the greatest era of prosperity this country has known. So believe in America's co- economic system. It is the best in the world, and it will produce untold prosperity when its citizens think and believe. And most importantly, believe in God. If you are a Christian, believe in Jesus Christ and the greatest intellect known to man. Believe in your family, believe in your community, and believe in yourself. This commencement means a great deal to me, for I once received the same diploma it will soon be given. It was 72 years ago in 1920, but I sat where you said. It was a June day, for we went to school longer in those days. But I can see my classmates even now. It was springtime of our young lives, and we were enthusiastic, and we were positive thinkers, we were believers. We were a great class of men and women, and you are a great class here today. I have lived in New York City for almost 60 years, and I have known every mayor of that city over that time. The greatest of them all was Fiorello LaGuardia. His name is now connected with the airport, but LaGuardia was quite a man. He was a stalwart character and a great leader an enthusiastic believer, a creative thinker. A young woman worked for LaGuardia when he was congressman before he was mayor. She went to lunch one day, overwhelmed by her inferiority complex. At four foot eleven, she regarded herself as a shrimp who couldn't do anything. Returning from lunch, she happened to get in the elevator with LaGuardia and always and always interested in young people. He said to her, young lady, what are your goals? I have no goals, Mr. LaGuardia. Look at me, I'm a shrimp. What can I do, ever do? That was too much for LaGuardia. Young lady, listen to me, he said. If you trust God, believe in him, and believe in yourself, you can do anything. Then with a wave, LaGuardia exited the elevator. She looked at him and realized that he, too, was short. LaGuardia was only five foot two, but that interchange worked a miracle. The young woman saw him as a giant of a man, which he was. You too are a giant. Go from this historic campus and do great things. To quote a friend of mine, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss it, you will be among the stars. I hear a bell. That must be a class bell. It tolls for you. I hear it saying, be a giant. Go change the world. God bless you. And now we'll come for our closing prayer as we pose for a a moment of silent prayer or meditation for those who are out there still suffering and it may be even yourself or myself. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. I want to thank you so much for joining Sacred Sunday. Please come back next week and bring your friends and be ready to read Chapter 13 of Acts. In closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms so you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Remember, you are never alone. I love you and may your best dreams come true and true love live always in your heart. Remember, you can message me if you have any concerns or prayers for requests or want to discuss something. God bless you. I love you very much. Peace. Bye-bye.